Amen. Hey, thank you for your welcome. Actually, it's very sad that the Hurricanes are the only New Zealand team that never made a final this year. So uh, maybe someone else needs to pray for the rest of you. So. Um, anyway. Hey, um, I, Dave McGregor, as you know, is the National Director of Vineyard, and he, being aware that I was coming here, he just asked me to pass on his love and regards to you guys. Um, it, one of the comments he made, he said, I just feel so proud of what's been happening. He's heard so many good reports, and he just wanted me to pass that on. So I've done, done my duty, and I can get on with the message now. Hey, um, I'm, I'm going to share with you this morning about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know lots of you will have been already encountered the Holy Spirit and been filled with the Holy Spirit. But isn't it true that we leak? And um, you're meant to be filled to overflowing of the Spirit. The Bible says that out of your innermost being, there will flow rivers of living water. It doesn't say into you. It says out of you. In other words, an abundance of the Holy Spirit is meant to be our experience. That's, that's not always our experience, eh? Often we, don't we feel empty? Like, I'm just, if we're honest, don't we? There are a lot of scriptures in the Bible that really bother me. They, they should bother you as well. Um, one of them is in John 14, where Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do, and even greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Does that bother you? Hey, that bothers me, because it's a promise. Jesus said it, and he said, he, he started off that verse with, truly, truly, I say to you, in other words, truly, truly, you're not going to believe this, but this is true. This is really, really true. The works that I do, you will do in even greater works. And why? Because I go to the Father. And what he's referring to is then, like when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Jesus was ascended to the right hand of the Father. He received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which he has poured out. That's what Peter says. The reason we can do the same works that Jesus did in even greater works is because we have the same Spirit. Everything Jesus did, he did in the power of the Spirit. Everything. He didn't do anything out of his divinity, because if he did, you're excused, because you're not divine. But he didn't. He did it all as a man filled with the Holy Spirit who is in us. So what's the problem with me? What's the problem with us? This, this place, if, if we were demonstrating like Paul did, like Jesus did, this place would be packed with people because they are longing for the reality. And I, my personal thing is we have a lot of words, but we want the demonstration of the power. Is that true? Is that true for you? I, I think that would be true of most Christians. We want, the de- we want the reality, the demonstration of the reality of the Spirit within us, and yet we get so frustrated with just words, like this, just words. There's a, I'll put this thing up on the thing about this inoculation. I, this is a picture that came into my mind. This is the, my fear. You know, when they give you a vaccination, in general, they give you an inert version of the, va- of the virus so that you build up antibodies so that you're now immune. So you get uh, an impotent version or an inert version. It's dead. And if I preach to you without the demonstration of the spirit and power, you think that's all that is. That's all that is and you're inoculated against the real thing. And yet God's intention is actually you have the real thing, that you are so enlivened with the Spirit that you become dangerous. That's, that's His intention for us. Is, would, would you agree? That the very same works. And aren't we fed up with just words? All of us are, eh? I'm fed up. 
I just say, God, and I hear about stuff happening overseas, and I think, yeah, fantastic, that's great, all these things that can happen, but I want this in Aotearoa. I want, I want Kiwis out there to be a little bit nervous of coming in here because of the power of God in here. And they would say, God is certainly with you. That's what they said when they met with the Christians. God was with them. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, I get a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous because who knows what will happen. Like if I start to talk some stuff, maybe the Holy Spirit might begin to do some stuff. And so you should be a little bit nervous. Yeah. So because we're going we're gonna to give room for the Holy Spirit um, later on today. And we just say, well, Holy Spirit, will you come? And would you do whatever the Holy Spirit says? Because that's the, that's the key for how Jesus did everything that he did. He responded to the Spirit. He heard the Spirit say some stuff. He just said yes. And um, there are three things it says in the Bible we shouldn't do with the Spirit. We shouldn't quench him, we shouldn't resist him, and we shouldn't grieve him. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And um, what was the other one? Quench. There was another one. You quench the Holy Spirit when you despise prophetic utterances. Um, but let me just tell I see just by the way you responded um, when Amy got up and invited prophetic word, there's some liveliness of the Spirit in this room, eh? And there's some hunger already here. I don't, I don't have to create it. It's, it's already here. It's in your hearts, a longing for His Spirit. And so hopefully we, by us going through some scriptures and this is how it happens, that you, how do you, how do you get truth, how do you respond to something, you hear and you believe, and then you just receive it, that's all you have to do, you just, you don't have to manufacture stuff, and please don't try and manufacture stuff, because if you do that, that's only flesh, but all you have to do is to, you hear the word, you put your, you believe, that must be true, like John 14, 12, must be true, it's in the red, it's in, in the red, isn't it? It must be true. So he wants, that's, that's his desire for us. And um, I'm just going to add weight to that. Here's one of the verses that I put up, John, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 and 5. Uh, when I came to you, um, so what did I say? I better get it in my Bible. And when I came to you, brothers, I didn't come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was in weakness and in fear and trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. They were in demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith wouldn't rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Can I just give you a background of this story? Paul, in his missionary journeys, had been to Athens, and you remember the story about when he went on the Areopagus Hill, and he argued about, you know, you've got all these idols, and one of them is to an unknown God, and let me just tell you about this unknown God, this is Jesus, and he argued about, on the Areopagus Hill, about um, Christianity being truth. There's no church in Athens. He planted no church in Athens. He went from Athens to Corinth, and then he wrote this. When I came to you, I determined I'm not going to just use plausible words of men's wisdom. I'm just going to demonstrate the power so your faith won't rest on my wisdom, but on God's power. That's powerful. And, and this is where I started. Unfortunately, we've got lots of plausible words of wisdom. And 
God, would you raise up the power? God, would you, would you release the power that you've placed in you, actually? It's in you. It's in you. It's in every single one of you. Would you release that power? And would you start to be supernatural because you are? Holy Spirit dwells in you who is supernatural. You are supernatural. You may feel normal, but you're abnormal. You know, you are supernatural. The Spirit is in you. Would you just don't quench? And, you know, I, we raised this with my life group because I thought um, in terms of this, let me get their thoughts on it. I said, why don't we just get this out? Fear was the biggest thing that came out. We're just, we're afraid of what one another think. We're afraid that if I step out and do something, I'll look like an idiot. And fear, the Bible says the fear of man is a sneer. It really is a sneer. We are so nervous. And yet God has put his spirit in you and just wants you to respond when he says to do something. Respond. When he gives you a prophetic word, just speak it out according to the measure of your faith, the Bible says. Hey, just speak that out. Or if you have an impression about something, just step out in faith and say, I think this is happening. Or, you know what I mean? Like, just step it out. Someone is sick. Don't you? Someone will think, I should pray for that person. But I may look like an idiot. So I won't. Fear is a real snare, isn't it? It's, it is for everybody. So you're not, you're not alone in that. Um, this is the passage I'm going to um, speak from. It's in, if you want to turn in your um, phones to um, Luke chapter 4. And Luke chapter 4, in fact, you can start probably at um, Luke chapter 3 because this is Jesus' water baptism. And it says this, uh, Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. This is when John the Baptist was baptizing everyone. And it says, when all the people were baptized, when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased. Then go through, forget all the genealogy because that will take a while. And then let's get to the, um, now Luke chapter 4 verse 1. It says this, and Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there he was tempted by the devil. And then Gary on, so you know about the temptations that happened to Jesus in the desert. And then it says in verse 14, and then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and report about him went through all the surrounding country. And then he went to the synagogue and they gave him the book of Isaiah. And he turned to this passage, which was Isaiah 61, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So what I'm going to talk to you about is those four things, that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He came out of the water. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And then he was led by the Spirit. And then he came out empowered by the Spirit. And then he said, I am anointed by the Spirit. So I'm going to talk about those four things. But before I do, can I just give a real plug for water baptism? This happened after his water baptism. So Jesus didn't do any of his miracles until his water baptism. Jesus didn't start his ministry until he got water baptized. And often we can see that as just, that's just a, a thing that we do. But I, when I got water baptized, this is what happened to me. Um, I grew up in a church, they didn't practice water baptism. 
and then I got saved, and someone said to me, do you want to be water baptized? And this is honestly what I felt. It can't hurt, and it might help. Because I would get saved and then slip, and then saved and then slip, and I thought, this is not working for me. You know, this Christianity thing, I just can't, I just can't do this. And so someone said, do you want to get water baptized? I said, yes, I'll, I'll do it. The guy, when he water baptized me, said, Glenn, when you come up out of the water, just lift your hands up to God and start praising him. And I had no expectation of anything happening. I got, came up out of the water. I lifted my hands up. I opened my mouth to say, like, praise Jesus, because I thought that's how you praise Jesus. You say, praise Jesus. So I opened my mouth. As soon as I opened my mouth, this language came out that I, had nev- I hadn't heard of speaking in tongues at this time. This language came out, and I fell back into the water. So, like, I went, spushum, so I got double dipped. So this guy pulled me out, and I thought, what on earth? Like, what on earth is this? And I'll tell you why. Um, maybe we can go to this. Oh, look, I'm, no, I won't. I, I do, I'm, I'm going to, so I'm going to jump right ahead. There's a passage in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, um, Peter preaches, and Peter gives this message, and then the people say to him, remember, um, what shall we do to be saved? You know that verse? What shall we do to be saved? And he said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what the verse says, okay, in Acts chapter 2. When I grew up, they said, repent and get forgiveness. Repent, and they didn't do baptism, so they skipped that bit, and they skipped the other bit. Repent and get forgiveness. And that's all I got, and it maybe lasted a week, possibly two, even if I was really trying. But then all of a sudden I realized if you repent and are baptized, you will receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. And this is the Holy Spirit. So I'm an advocate for water baptism. If you get water, if you haven't yet been water baptized, get water baptized. And when you expect what happened to Jesus, expect that the Holy Spirit will come on you. Expect that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit because that's his desire for every single one of us that we'd be filled with the same spirit that, that did that to Jesus. So anyway, it happened with the disciples. It um, happened to Jesus. It also happened to the disciples. Um, it says in, um, in Acts, or oh, where are we? Um, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, they were staying with him, and he said, Do not depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard of me. John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized not many days hence from, from now. So this is the promise. You are going to be filled with the same Holy Spirit that has filled me. So wait. Don't try and do Christianity without the Holy Spirit. And if you, if you are trying to do it, can I just say this is what you're experiencing? It's boring. It's, it's boring, isn't it? Christianity is boring without the Holy Spirit. It's, it's predictable, and it's monotonous, and it's lifeless. And it just feels like religious rules. It, it doesn't work. Until you get filled with life and all of a sudden you think, all these things now make sense. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is lifeless. And if it's not working for you, can I just say you just need to be filled with the Spirit? If it's not working for you, young guys, you just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because that's what will make the difference. He makes the difference. It's like trying to do everything without a battery. Like, it really doesn't work. You really need the battery. So, um, so that's, the disciples were promised to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, on, you know, in Acts chapter 2, in verse 1, uh, verse, verse 1 to 4, this is what happened to them. 
On the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and then suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled, this is what they were talking about, this blowing we were singing about, this wind, this wind filled the entire place where they were sitting, and they divided tongues of fire appeared on them and rested on them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But this is Christianity. This is normal Christianity. Um, so you think, okay, so that's back in the Bible days. Uh, here's, an, here's an account. I'm going to read you this account of a guy who is a little bit more modern, but he's not that modern, actually. His name's Charles Finney. He was an 18th century preacher. Um, he was a lawyer. He was an antagonist against Christianity. He argued against it. He was uh, vicious against Christians. And all of a sudden, he started to become um, prompted by the Spirit. He wouldn't have recognized that that was what was happening. But he started to seek and, and read. But he was so embarrassed, he went out into the forest to, to pray because he didn't want anybody to see him praying because he was ashamed to pray. So he went out in the forest to pray. He got convicted of that. He came back home, and this is out of his, um, out of his autobiography, Charles Finney. It says, this is powerful. As I returned and was about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without expecting it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, at a moment entirely unexpected by me, the Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. It seemed to me that I should burst. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know, but I should say I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect I cried out, Lord, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. And I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more, yet I had no fear of death. <laughs> isn't that just, that, isn't that outstanding? This man was the liquid love. In fact, um, D.L. Moody expressed it the same way. He said, I felt I was going to die. The, the love of God so poured into my heart. He said, I felt like my heart was expanding to the point of death. And he had to say to God, would you stop? Have any of you ever had to say, God, stop? Have, has anybody had to say, please, no more. I can't, my body can't contain any more of you. I've, I've only ever asked for more. I've never had to say, it's enough. So... Here's the thing, there is more. Whatever you've experienced, there's more. Well, if, you've been, if you've been filled and you've now down to quarter, there's more. If, if you're not filled to the top and bubbling over, there's more for you. He wants you to experience more of His Spirit, more of His presence working in you and through you, that your heart would burn with love for Jesus. Honestly, that's his desire for you, that your heart would burn for love for him, and then you'd go out into this community, and something would be in your heart, and people would say, this man's just been with Jesus. This woman's just come from his presence. There's something on you. 
This man, Charles Finney, went into a factory, and going into the factory, all these people started to fall off their seats, repenting because of the presence of God on this man. The, that's, he carried that sort of presence. God, we need more. Don't we need more? Like, the thing of, you just think of the church in, in Palmerston North. This, the church needs more of His Spirit. Because we have the words, we know some of these scriptures. We actually need His presence powerful on here. And that's what has happened in times past. In times of revival, the presence descended on people and they were whacked. I went to Pensacola because um, I just wanted to see a genuine revival. I wanted to see what a genuine revival was. I'll tell you this story really quickly. There was a lady, um, she was the epitome of an American lady. She was, do- she, I mean, you could have done like that to her face and got makeup off. It was, she was just covered. I thought, oh, mock, you know, I sort of thought that's weird. And then I was trying to get this guy, Steve Hill, to pray for me because he was the revivalist. And I just thought, I just want this man to pray for me. I was desperate to encounter the Spirit. I was desperate to actually get the real thing. And um, I went up one aisle and he started coming up this aisle and said, he's coming, he's coming. And then he went down and up another aisle. So I went right out I'm saying, and I went down that aisle. I thought, I'm, I really want this guy to pray for me. And I did that to another aisle. I thought, it's not happening. I just thought, brother, who are, I don't care who prays for me. You know who prayed for me. This lady came up and put her hand on me. I turned, I thought, it's that lady. And she started praying, and then I went down on the floor, and I burst into tears. And honestly, it doesn't make, make a difference. Who is it? I was just hungry. I was just hungry. I just wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just, um, when I finish, I'm going to give opportunity for you to come forward just for that same thing. Because you can go away and um, just say, oh, I, you know, that was nice, tick the box, I've heard that. But if you don't respond, we get nothing. Eh? You don't ask, you don't get. That's simple. So, so anyway, that was, that's um, Finney's experience. Um, but this is not a, this is not a um, one-time thing. Um, when the disciples... Um, later on, those they've been filled at the day of Pentecost. This is now in Acts chapter 4, and I think this is about four or five years later. They're now under threat. They've been preaching in the name of Jesus, and um, they've been threatened with prison and all that sort of stuff. And so now they pray this, these same people. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant your servants um, to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through your holy servant Jesus. See, they thought that was normal. They thought that signs and wonders was normal. That's Christianity. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out and spoke the word with boldness. Same people, they were filled again. So again, you may have been filled, but you need to do it again. And now here's this passage... um, Oh, no, we'll go skip that. Here's, um, my experience was, um, of course, I was saved, but not filled with the Holy Spirit. My experience is not abnormal. Like, that's, that's, that's not a weird sort of thing to be saved, but not filled with the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll share from Scripture a couple of passages where it says that's exactly what happened. One is um, Philip, and this is in Acts chapter 8. And you remember the story when uh, the disciples said, it's not good for us to be waiting on tables 
Choose from among yourself seven men full of good report, full of the Holy Spirit and good report. Let them wait on tables. We'll devote ourselves to the Word and to prayer. And so they chose seven people. One of them was Stephen. He got killed, stoned. The other one was Philip. So this is one of the, these seven men who is meant to be waiting on tables. It says, when those who were scattered went about preaching the Word, Philip went down to the city of Samaria to proclaim to them Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. Same thing, eh? So the word and signs. Unclean spirits were crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them. Many who were paralyzed or lame were being healed. So there was much joy in that city. Now verse eight, verse, chapter 8, verse 12. When they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized men and women. So are these people Christians? They believe the preaching of Philip, and they've been baptized. Are they, are they believers? Well, they must be, because they said they believe. So they're believers. Are, are these people Christians? Would you say these people are Christians? They believed and been baptized. They're Christians. So have a look at this next one. Um, says, now, when, this is verse 14 to 17, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of Jesus. They laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing that occurs to me. Uh, it was visual. Like they knew they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit, and then when they laid hands on them, now they knew they had received the Holy Spirit. It was visual. It wasn't just something that was internal, like I had this warm feeling. There was some demonstrative thing that was happening that they said, they haven't got it, let's send the big boys down that lay hands on them so that they will get it. So, but they were already Christians, but here's a question, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? In fact, that's this next verse, this next slide. This is now Paul. Um, Paul goes down to the Ephesian believers. So this is in Acts chapter 19. Are you keeping up with me? Yeah, I can't see what's going on. I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. And it's, this is, a, so as it happened that Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. And then he found some disciples and he said this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I think that's a good question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And then Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe there was one to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing them, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul, again, this, the same thing's happening. Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. They were already believers. But he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Because he's sort of thinking, I don't know that you have, because I'm not seeing demonstrative ex um, evidence that the Spirit is working through you. I should exceed, I want to see that. So he, they, he lays hands on them, and all of a sudden they start speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there's evidence. Holy Spirit is on them. So how do you get this? Um, you know what? It's, it's pretty basic. 
it's the same way you get anything else. You ask him, and he says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So all you have to do is ask. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is ask. And then believe, like believe the word. It says, um, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And he said, what must we do to be saved? Um, and he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. So the promise is for you. It's for everyone. It's for your children. So it's not just for the people that are hearing it, it's for their kids as well. This promise is for your kids. In fact, Mary's asked that when we um, pray for everyone at the end of the service, can we bring the kids in? Because there's no junior Holy Spirit. Hey, one Holy Spirit. He wants to be on our kids as well. And our kids can be filled with the Holy Spirit and laying hands on sick people and seeing them healed. Same Holy Spirit. And not just these people standing here, but the very next generation. So your kids' kids. So all who are far off, now that's us. Now he's talking about us. Because if you think of Jerusalem, now it's, the promise is for everybody. Promise is for us. So that's how you do it, and then you just receive the gift. So, so I said I'm doing four things, and you think, my goodness, he's only just done the first one. This is a long sermon. No, the rest is pretty fast, actually, because that's the key. Would you just be filled with the Holy Spirit? And the next thing is that you then be led by the Spirit. And this just makes sense. If, if you are filled with the Spirit, He'll have a whole lot more influence, surely, in your life. Would that be true? I'll tell you one of the things I love about um, Grace um, Vineyard and Vineyard National. This is, this is genuinely how Dave McGregor leads his leadership team. And I haven't seen this in churches that I've been involved of. I was involved in the Salvation Army, involved in CCC, and now I've been involved in a church in Christchurch and now at Grace. I've never seen this, but this is genuinely how Dave leads his leadership team. They spend an hour in worship. Their team gets together. They spend an hour in worship, and then they say, let's just stop and listen. What is the Holy Spirit saying? And then one after the other, the pastor says, I think God is saying this, and he says, let's do that. If there's an agreement, if the Holy Spirit is saying that, let's do that. When I've heard that, I thought, that sounds naive, like that the Holy Spirit would actually want to govern his own church. But he genuinely does. Now, Dave has led a ma- he's got a massive church now, and he, that's, that's how he does it, not with cleverness, but just by worshiping, listening to what the Spirit is saying, and then doing what the Spirit says. He does that with the national team as well. All the, when the national team gets together, he said, what are we going to do nationally? He's the same way. Let's worship. What is the Holy Spirit saying? Let's do that. That's If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I don't do anything of my own initiative. I only do what I see the Father doing. I just do that. I'm just being led by Him. I don't... And you you could live like that. You know, you could live tomorrow like that, like... He want, he's, as, he's as interested in that in your, we've somehow made this dichotomy, you know, between your spirit life and your normal life. Well, you've just got one life, and it's filled with the Holy Spirit, and when He takes you into your workplace, He's still there with you, can lead you and give you wisdom and insight, and He can lead you in work, like, He wants to lead you all the way through. So be led by the Holy Spirit. 
we'll carry on. Um, the, this is, the, I guess, the, one of the things is we wants us to be empowered. So then Jesus said, and then Jesus came out of the desert empowered by the Holy Spirit. So many scriptures. I, you know, where do we start with this? But um, uh, it says about Jesus, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Um, um, well, I, I suppose there's power working through us. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father on you, but wait in this city until you're enclosed with power from on high. Like, wait for the power, the power that I ministered in. I want you to minister in that power. Don't wait. Wait for the power. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you all know that verse, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the othermost parts of the world. He wants you to be filled with power. Acts chapter 10, 38. Sorry, there's lots of verses here. But you know what? If you just, this is not, I'm not, not making this stuff up, hey? This is just the Bible. This is just Scripture, and this is what it is. The Bible in Acts 10, 38 says, You know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing everyone that was oppressed by the devil because God was with him. It's, it's really simple. Just be filled with His Spirit and be filled with power. Here's, I think the, here's our problem. We're content to live good, nice lives. We think there's Christians and just nice people. You're not meant to be nice. You know, you're, you're meant to be who you are with your personality, but so filled with the presence of God that you become dangerous to the devil and an influence in the world, like a light shining in the world, like a bright light in their faces shining in the world. So if someone is sick at work, they will say, get Chrissy to pray. Chrissy will pray for them, and they'll get healed. Something's going on, they'll come to you because the compassion of God would be so in your eyes, they would know, this, this person loves me. It's the love of God shining through. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's who we're meant to be, people filled with power. Um, I like this verse um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. You, can, you could work this, you could put your name here instead of Jesus. It says this, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth was a man, attested to you by God with mighty signs, mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him. So let's just put Amy's name there instead of Jesus. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Palmerston North is a woman attested to you with, by God with signs and mighty wonders that God did through her. It, God did them through her. It's not Amy doing the works. It's God doing the works through her. But God attests to her with the signs and wonders that happen. Get that, eh? Isn't that, isn't that what the Bible says? And now just put your name in that. Like, take Jesus' name out, and now just put your name in there. Because that's, that's what Christianity is. That God would do stuff through you, but attest to the fact that you are his son, or you are his daughter. Yeah. Um, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 15. I will venture to speak of nothing, anything, I won't speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. I'm not going to tell you anything except what God did through me, through miracles, signs and wonders, power. 
Like, that's all I've come, that's all I'm going to do. Which is what he said in Corinthians. That's the next one. The same verse that I started off with, you know. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And my message didn't come with persuasive words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and power. Would you like that? Would you like that to be your experience? Not just your knowledge in your head, but your experience. Yeah? I, me too. Me too. Uh, and this is, this is where I get, I'm nervous because it's, um, there are some things that I feel like I've got that. I've got that. I can talk from experience on that. I can talk from experience on that. I start talking about this stuff. I start to feel naked in the room because I want this. Like I'm, I'm desperate for this. And I look at Christianity and I think, I just don't like it without this. I, I do not like our religious rules and regulations. And sometimes, I mean, you know, the, the people out there, they think we're bigots. They think we're judgmental. That's, the, that's what they think of when they think of Christians. You are bigots and judgmental. And I think, Jesus was nothing like that. Jesus was the very antithesis. Antith the opposite of that. He was the opposite of that, wasn't he? But he was filled with love and compassion and power. And they ran to Jesus, these people. They ran to him. The sinners, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, they ran to Jesus. They run from us. That's so bad, isn't it? That's so bad. Um, honestly, we have to get back to where we should be. And the last thing I will finish with this and then we'll get going is so we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We've talked about being led by the Holy Spirit. We talked about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. What is the anointing? The anointing is just this. The anointing is when God flows through you out to others. So you have a look at this passage. All of this is about others. So the, Holy, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He's a... Um, and then he's come to proclaim um, liberty to the captives, proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, so it's healing, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and declare the year of the Lord's favor. So the, all this is is that the Spirit flowing through you to others, and that's his whole goal. That's, his, that's why he wants to fill you with his Spirit, not to give you a buzz, not to make you feel like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really feeling his presence. I feel so blessed. It's so that you would be to overflowing and a minister now to other people. The Spirit using you to heal the sick, to preach to the poor. He wants that to happen for you. So why don't we stand? So let's think of those four things. Um, that God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why don't we just wait for a minute? Actually, why don't we wait for the kids? Are you happy just to wait for a sec? Let's let the kids come in. They're going to make a lot of noise, just so that you know. But if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, can you just hold on to what he's been saying to you? And um, I'm going to encourage you to be a little bit desperate. Don't, be, don't let fear 
rob you of what he wants to give you. Don't be afraid of what we think about you so that you will miss out. Because, you know, if, if he wants to give you something, then you go for what you want to get, what you feel like you need. Hey, that's what we're really talking about. What is it that you need? Come in, guys. Folks, I'm going to pray, and um, and then I'm just going to invite you to come forward. And <clears throat> you may want to come forward as your whole family. That's fine. Uh, come forward by yourself. And perhaps we can do some worship. Oh, that would be cool. Um, I, um, I spoke to you, some of the leaders last night, and... Um, I was praying for this church uh, last Saturday, and I thought, why is it that we struggle to hold on to the Spirit? Like, we can have an encounter with God, and yet we almost start at point one again. Like, we go up, we feel like we climb this mountain, and we get to this peak with God. Why can't we live on these peaks? Why can't we stay in the Spirit? Like it says, if you live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. Why can't we walk by the Spirit? Why do we feel like we then crash down and we just become like back to normal and then we have these another rise up the mountain? God wants us to stay there and he, he shared with me two things about how Jesus stayed in the Spirit. He did it by doing two things. He listened and then he just responded. That's, that's what Jesus did. He listened to the Spirit, to the Father. I only, do, I only say what I hear the Father saying and then he just responded to the Spirit. And he kept doing that. He kept responding to the Spirit, responding to the Spirit, responding to the Spirit. And you can do that now. I'm saying to you, why don't you do that now? If you've heard the Spirit say some stuff, respond to the Spirit. Let me pray. And then I invite you to come. Yeah, I would say, Hadamai Wairu Atapu. We acknowledge you are God in this room. And so, Father, uh, very often we are unaware of your presence. You're, you say if we gather together in your name, you're here. Father, so often we are unconscious of your presence. We're just not aware of you. We're, we're so aware of everybody else, but we're unaware of you. And I just pray, God, would you help us? Would you help us to be aware of you in this room right now? And, Father, I pray that you would help individually people to hear what you are saying to them. Because these are your sons and these are your daughters. And um, Father, I get a feeling that they're hungry for uh, more of you. And so don't leave us disappointed with um, as if we've come close and we've heard stuff, but we've been in, we get nothing. Um, Lord, I pray that you would overwhelm us with your presence. You would overwhelm us with your love. Doesn't it say your love would be shed abroad in our hearts through your Holy Spirit? And so I ask for that, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you pour out again your Spirit and that we would receive what you've already poured out, your Spirit poured out. We receive your Spirit. We receive your Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we receive your Spirit. 
Why don't you get out of your seats and perhaps come up the front and um, if needs be, we'll push the seats back to make room. Why don't you come up? We're just going to do what the Bible, what it says in the Bible and we'll get some of the leaders perhaps to do this, to lay hands on you. And can you just have an expectation that the Holy Spirit will fall on you? The Holy Spirit, if you've not spoken in tongues, then you need to open, you can't speak in tongues without speaking, but you've got to speak. So maybe you can just start praying, like praying out loud, um, praising Jesus. Um, You may hear uh, words for people, that's called prophecy. We'll we'll hold those just for a minute and we'll prophesy later. But... um, just be open right now. We're just going to go around and lay hands on you. If that's okay, we'll put our hand on your shoulder. If you're okay with that, we'll just put our hands on your shoulder and we'll just pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Cool.